hey, when you lose in this fashion, it, it's always crazy to me. Um, it's one of those things where you can say to yourself, okay, you know, um, what would change down the line? You know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, there's something that we're going to have to look back at the drawing boards. Uh, Carolina Panthers won this game. Um, based on, to me, for what I saw, from what I evaluated with my eyes, I think Carolina won this game basically off of the uh, coaching. I really think that their coaching staff is beyond ours, and I think that they made the right adjustments, and, and uh, we saw those things out there. And, and I'm going to have this beautiful plate right here behind me is that I got to eat this crow. And um, for those who out there uh, who have been supporting the channel for a long time, you guys know. <laughs> you guys know how this thing goes. You know, I'm, I'm not a shy of words. Uh, of course, I do see the, the few Carolina Panthers fans that's out there saying, hey, Law, I told you. One guy, he put down that we was going to lose uh, three points. We was going only going to score three to their 51. And around first quarter, I said, man, this guy must be Nostradamus because this guy's right on the money. We couldn't barely move the ball. We did not move the ball past the 50-yard line. We didn't move it. And if you look at everything, I told everybody during preseason that you got to get those guys out there. It's something about continuity. There's something about poise. It's something about being able to be ready to play. And out there from what my what my eyes can see is that we didn't we wasn't ready. We wasn't ready for the call to play. And uh, we saw those things. And on top of that, too, as well, not trying to make an excuse for Dak Prescott. But my God, uh, he never played with those group of wide receivers at all during preseason. And uh, you got to be mindful, too, as well. Uh, the, the holding play. Yeah, the holding play on number 77, the two plays that he got held on, uh, well, well, you know, he held the guy. And uh, also number 71, that's rust. <laughs> that is rust out there. Your team is not prepared to play. And then on top of that, of course, the rookie, number 52, he played it decent, but they figured out, okay, we're not going to try to swim on him. We're just going to bull rush and power him, use our girth, use our size to bull rush him through. And if this team looks the same way next week, coaching. You know, there's there's a thing coming. There's a fine line, a very thin line between uh, clock management. This is the coach eighth or tenth year. However, Jay, Jason Garrett been in there for a long time. This is beyond ten years, guys. I know some kids right now that been been playing Madden. That's in Lavin and twelve years old knows how to clock manage. You do not, even though you're third year quarterback, you just do not. You know for sure everything is on the line, and you just gonna let that clock delay. You just don't do that towards the latter part of the game. And then on top of that, you got to be able to understand, too, as well, the down and out distance and where you have. You have three freaking times out. And then on top of that, you had a two-minute warning. You do not go for it on four for ten at that time. And then on top of that, early in a, in a drive, you do not, regardless of the situation, you do not call. You do not call when it was third and long a screenplay, a screenplay to the uh, to the running back out in the flash. You just don't do that. Clock management, clock play, and as well as you got to be able to put some fire and some thunder under Dak Prescott. There's no, there's no excuses for him to play that piss poor. And on top of that, you have to drill a man to say, Dak, at this point, what I want you to do is I want you to, even if it's an interception, even if the other team gets the ball somehow, I still want you to challenge. I want you to throw the ball down the field. 
Hell, <laughs> even if I wouldn't mind at this point, if the Cowboys would have said, you know what, if we's that conscious of, of uh, stats, let me put in Cooper Rush at this point to just launch the ball down the field. And I've seen that be done before, whether it's the latter part of the, uh, of the half, just somehow stretch, this, stretch the defense, stretch the opposition defense. Now, counterpoint to what the uh, Carolina Panthers did well, because I'm, I'm going to eat this crow. I said that, uh, you know, for sure, uh, Cam Newton will hold on to the ball. I said that he would not be able to go through his progressions because his offensive line is so porous and he's not going to be able to uh, run the ball on us as well. But what I failed to realize and what I failed to uh, bring bring out was the fact that you're dealing with a season. I'm talking about a Super Bowl winning coordinator, Noah Turner. You're dealing with somebody who's been in the threshold, been in the fire, been in this type of offense before to understand, okay, we got a dynamic running back, okay? We got we got some okay receivers out there in the flats, but we have a six-foot-five monster as a quarterback, and I'm going to re- do the redirections. I'm going to move this team horizontally because vertically the defense is kicking our you-know-what. So what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is horizontally kill and whoop the Cowboys you know what and that is exactly what he did and even though even though I love my guy number 50 Sean Lee it showed on tape today on tape it showed that he did not play during the preseason and he was looking rusty he looked like he was like not General Lee he looked like he was Sam Lee out there (laughs) he didn't look Sean Lee today and uh that first round draft pick that we got number 55 I'm still waiting to see him and and we just got to understand too as well that this team we pander and we coddle and we say okay let's not point fingers at this player this is the first game of the year we have yet to see anything outside of practice on one or two plays for my guy lve man damn it could we use a safety out there that can catch the ball and pluck the ball away come on now now my number 38 jeff heath he was around the ball here and there and of course we had some missed opportunities one can argue the fact that hey it was the weather out there we can say that um this is uh one of the things that we're gonna have to improve on playing in these type of weather conditions i really think that the cowboys have turned into like a turf inside dome type of team they're not the grittiest grimest team that can play on the outside where the weathers are just kind of like fickle like that and i understand you know but i I, i'm a man of my word i would eat my crow (laughs) and it is what it is uh I, i i like the acquisition that the carolina panthers did from what i've seen with their running back and then they mix it in with the anderson kid and then also on the defensive side of the ball i like what they did with the interior the ontario poe i, I like the way that he was crashing up field collapsing the pocket wreaking havoc in there creating some type of treacherous uh threshold that dak prescott wasn't ready he wasn't ready for the play and then on top of that my god like i said dante what dante <laughs> dante uh thompson he didn't play all preseason. He was injured most of the time, majority of the time. So he did, we didn't get a good glimpse of what he can do. Michael Gallup, yeah, he, he showed promise out there on the field. Michael Gallup showed the fact that he can play in this level because every time he was rushing and pressing on his route, the opposition, even when he was beat, a big physical receiver, they was grabbing on to him, just grabbing on to him. And he kept on, kept on seeing those calls, which was, you know, 
which was here and there. And 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 uh, on top of that, too, as well, I, I did like the aspect of what Cole Beasley did. But this is the thing. If you're relying on Cole Beasley to win you the game, I'm sorry. It's going to be good night like this every day. Because Cole Beasley, he, he yes, he's good in and out of his breaks, step, plant his foot, get up the field, do those slant routes. I was glad that he was holding on to the ball. But Cole Beasley, like I said before, he's not a guy that's going to get the yak. He's going to get, he gonna catch the ball. He's not going to get that fast, elusive separation that you really want. You know what I mean? You guys know what I mean, right? So he's not going to be that particular guy out there on the field. But he will get those short to intermediate catches, catch the ball. When he get hit, he's going to lay down. He's not going to break no tackles and take it upfield and say, okay, that's a touchdown. He's not built like that. The guy's five foot eight and a half, give or take, 180 pounds. So when he get he catches the ball, his best move is to lay down. <laughs> so he won't go like my guy Vaj Lombardi say, out. <laughs> ouch, 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 ouch. But, all right, so the conditions was not in our favor. I will say that, especially, uh, we didn't get a chance to see a lot of Tavon Austin. We didn't see them uh, attempting to move the ball with the uh, the pump return and the kick return because of those factors. Uh, Tavon did do a one nice little special team play. He was able to get the ball upfield, and, and then the conditions was not there. He could have bounced it to the outside, but the conditions of the field. And this is not me just making excuses, but on the bright side, on the bright side, like I said before, Cam Newton, first round draft pick, six foot five and beyond. I don't know how many pounds he is. You guys can put that in the uh, <laughs> in, in the chat box. He's a first round draft pick. Dak, oh Dak, yes, my brother from another mother, no other. Dak, uh, fourth round draft pick, right? And if you look at the stats, if the, for those stat monsters out there, you can look and one can argue and say those stats are comparable. Those are very stats. It's not like Cam Newton went out there and was just like, oh, he blew everybody out of the water. He didn't do that. But what he did was he was able to be just like one of those big, tall, big guys, broad shoulders that it was hard for D-Law to bring down. And shout out to D-Law, my brother. Hey, still got him two sacks, could have had three. But, hey, you're dealing with a monster in camp. But it is what it is, man. I really thank everybody for tuning in. I had to eat this crow. Um, what else I want to talk about, too, as well, is this. Um, the next week opponent, we're going to talk about that. But I want to say this. Um, this team, the adjustment in the second half, we didn't really see that. Those are big, those are big, big, big question marks that I have. And then on top of that, uh, we just didn't really see the run game. Uh, they were lined up to me, just to me, too much in the shotgun. No illusions for the um, for, for the Ezekiel Elliott. No methodically plays for Ezekiel Elliott. It's hard, guys, to establish your identity to be a number one rush team running out of shotgun. Yes, you can see the field better. Yes, you may have your reservations on Looney and number 52. But at some point, these guys are, are, are playing in the National Football League. And then when you line up two tight ends to the right, we all know what that's going to happen. We already said to ourselves, okay, they finna run the ball to the right. They got two tight ends to the to the right of the field. It's power sweep right to the right. You know, or they didn't do no sweep at all, I meant to say. It was just power run up the belly to the right. So they're going to have to figure those things out because if we as fans 
collectively. I'm just a fan. You know, yes, I might have 32,000 subscribers on YouTube or what have you, but I'm collectively at the bottom of the core. I'm a fan. And then on top of that, we can see if we as fans can call out the plays. Come on now. There's something that's going to have to change. Now, at some point, it's, it's one of those things where I do know that Jerry Jones, he loved Jason Garrett, and he's never wrong. It's hard enough right now, guys. If you guys ever know a millionaire, it's hard to tell a millionaire that he's wrong. Can you imagine trying to explain to a billionaire how much of a mistake that he made? And I already know next week there's going to be 90,000 people in the stands with a silver and blue on, bleeding, silver and blue, crying tears. You know what I'm saying? Of joy, of course, because we're going to win this next game. I just got to have a feeling that we're going to win this next game. But still, we are collective as fans. We love this team. And at, at the same time, we the one that ignites the flame for Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones is never wrong. And he would never try to throw any of his decisions under the bus until it's all said and done. Then he would say, well, you know, I, I was wrong on that, you know. But it is what it is. Defense looked good out there. That's a positive light that we can pull up. I like what my guy Cheeto did. And I like the fact that D. Ross, I think that's his name, D. Ross or Ross, Rick Ross. I just call him Rick Ross now. He didn't cause the fumble. <laughs> and I like the fact that he did that. That was something to look at. But it is what it is. Let me bring up this. All right. Boom. There we go. So everybody can have their comments. We got a lot of poo-poo emojis out here. Uh, shout out to Dallas fan. He says, Dak suck. Ace Garcia. Scott, he sends uh, poop, 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 poop. Fire Dak. We got a lot of fire Jason Garrett. But, hey, this is what I want. This is what I always love to do. Right now, I want to know your allegiance. I want to know what everybody have in their mind right now. On this team, if you are part of the team, then you just give me a thumb up. If you just feel like this team is just after week one, that the team is trash and not going anywhere, just give me a thumb down on this emoji or or just say I'm out. You know, I'm, I, I'm done with this team. Fire coach, you know, just give me fire emojis Put like this. Give me a thumb up if you're going to ride or die with this team. Give me a thumb up emojis or a clap emojis. But if you are just going to be one of those guys and say, fire Garrett, I'm done with it. Give me fire emojis. Let me see what can light up this stream. You know what I'm saying? If, if it's thumb down, okay, I understand you're not part of Garrett. But let me see. Because we want to know so we can go back. <laughs> this is week one. <laughs> we can go back. And we can look back at these videos and see what the collective minds of the nation is talking about. Because I like to store everything and put it on wax because we out here, we talk cowboys. And uh, let me give my boy Jason Garrett. There he go. There he go. There he go. <laughs> let me blow him up a little bit, you know. Because uh, even after a certain play, Garrett, Garrett was uh, still clapping, you know. So I, I still see some people are, are still riding with the team. Godson and fire, fire Garrett, fire Garrett. Yeah, those fire emojis, man. Because are we, are we how far apart are we? How close are we? Are we, put it like this, another thing, you guys, I want you guys to be able to do for me. Are we more of a 4-12 and 12 team? This is just based off of game one. Or are we more of an eight and eight team? Or are we more of a 12 and four team? There's, those, are the, those are the three routes. Can you put in the inbox, are we more a four and 12? 
Are we more eight and eight? Are we more of twelve and four? I want to know because the times that we went twelve and four or thirteen and three, we lost that first game. I'm gonna just throw that as a nugget. But let me know. Put that in the comment section because we need to know. Shout out to Shady. Shout out to Kevin Martin. Shout out to Slotskin. And also on the Law Nation's Facebook page. Thank you all for tuning in. Aaron Perez. Also uh Lewis. Uh, Joseph, Daniel, thank everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to like this page, subscribe to this page, tell other people about this page. David Thornton, thank you. Six and ten. Okay, I'm reading your, your comments over here. Um, we have six and ten, thirteen and three from Michael Hugo. You got some high, high hopes. Uh, uh no, you have three and thirteen. My bad. Lewis, four and twelve. So we more of a four and twelve-ish type of team. Daniel, he's saying seven and nine. Uh, we got a lot of carry carry Tigo. He's saying ten and six. Curtis Harris says twelve and four. He sees it, and we more of a, of that team. So he's trying to say, hold on to the faith, hold on to it, everybody, hold on to it, hold on to what you can hold on. Uh, my guy Edward Stacks Starks. He says, hey, get rid of Garrett. Let's just do without him. We will be better without him. Five and eleven. Godson. He's saying late. Hey, just fire Jason Garrett right now. We can just move on further without Jason Garrett. Eight and eight, Garrett favorite number. Stevie Mac with Stevie Mac 23. So there's somewhere they're going to have to draw a line in the sand. Okay. All right. So moving a little bit further um, to the next week's opponent, uh, we're going to have to figure out something. And um, we don't want to see this type of uh, play. Uh, we have to figure out a way. There's going to have to be a collective reasoning within the Cowboys organization, within their structure, to figure out something to change this team all the way around. Because to me personally, if we see the same type of team tomorrow, well, I'm about to say tomorrow. Oh, my God. They don't play tomorrow. Next week. And I think it's a Saturday. It's a Sunday night game, right? It's one of those late games. Oh, man. Um uh, all right, so it's one of those late games, and if we see the same, and I'm talking about the exact same type of flow, the exact same temperament, the the exact same running thing, then, then we're going to have to really say, okay, was getting rid of Des Bryant, was that the real solution? Or uh, I, I heard um, um, uh, people saying that, they, hey, a lot of people jumping ship right now, right? A lot of people jump a ship on this Cowboys. And uh, if the ship is going down, and we know for sure it's going down, <laughs> how many of us is willing to stay on the ship while it goes down? Because of the, of the last few years, uh, it's kind of like the Titanic going down, right? You know, all we've been doing is rearranging the, the furniture, you know. And the ship is continuously going down, and we don't see no improvement. Now, granted, three years ago, I think it's three years ago, Jason Gary got coach of the year. One person, I think several people uh, commented in the chat box uh, that that was a powder puff schedule. And uh, and that's the reason why he won coach of the year and this sort of thing. And, and he really uh, have yet to beat a team that was proven or was better than him or out coached him. You know, it, that was that, those are reservations that we would have. And uh, in order for the team to, to move forward, we will have to figure out a way to get a different coach in and this sort of thing. So, although our collective minds, if Jason Garrett don't win more than nine games this year, 
Should he get the boot? Should he not? I don't know. But next week, come hell and high water, if we see the same type of performance that we saw today, if there's no way of improvement, because one thing that I can just say from here, from what I saw from preseason, that we didn't get a chance to give none of these guys reps, and we this is the first time Dak Prescott ever lined up with those particular receivers out there on the bunch, and then on top of that, Sean Lee didn't have no preseason games, and then, uh, I'm about to say Emmett, my God, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott had no preseason game. Then on top of that, uh, Deontay Thompson, uh, the, the Michael Gallup. Yeah, there was a few games. Of course, one can argue, okay, Dallas, Dak Prescott, when he played against San Francisco, that was against San Francisco's threes and fours. Of course, that looked good out there, you know. And, uh, and plus, of course, those little series against the Arizona Cardinals, I think that he played just a small series there or whatever. I forgot what game it was. It's just not enough reps. And and one can argue the fact that if you don't get out there and practice, you're going to have those type of performance. And I'm not talking about just practice. I'm talking about preseason, a live game. When you get hit, if you feel it and you, you lay down, you go out. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. Uh, so we're going to see. We're really going to see. So next week, this is what we need to see out of the gameplay. We need to see some type of identity. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the fact, we need to see some type of identity, whether it's running the ball and saying, okay, I'm going to get the ball to Ezekiel Elliott if we get one yard, if we get a negative yard, if we get three yards, punt, if we get one yard, if we get negative two yards, three yards, punt, then that what that would do, what that would do is establishing that we are trying to establish the run, and even though it seems like you're not getting anywhere at that point, but what that does is wearing down. And sometimes as a boxer, sometimes you got to be able to absorb those hits, get hit sometimes, absorb those hits and say, okay, I'm learning you. I'm learning you. I'm learning you. I'm learning you. And just like my guy, Muhammad Ali, when he got against that rope, they call it a rope dope. And every time that guy was hitting him, he was absorbing him. He was bouncing. He was bouncing off the rope. He was absorbing him. And then he started saying, okay, it's time for me to knock you out. So at some point, the Dallas Cowboys got to stay true to their identity. You cannot be a run team on one series, and then you're going to say, oh, I'm going to air it out on the next series. You're going to line up in empty back formation. You're going to line up in shotgun, and then you're going to motion Ezekiel Elliott out to the flats, and then you're not going to pass the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. There's somewhere you got to draw the line in the sand and say, okay, all right, we're going to be running this ball down your throat regardless of the situation, and even if, you want to dink and dunk with Dak. It is proven that you can do that. You might as well, if you think that Dak Prescott can't pass and force the ball down the field, then you might as well say, hey, this is what Dak Prescott's skill set is. So we're going to bring in a coaching philosophy that can utilize Dak Prescott's strength because <laughs> that's what Carolina Panthers did, right? They went and got Noah Turner. And they said, okay, how can we can help Cam Newton? We're going to be able to make these plays horizontal. We're going to do a lot of RPOs, misdirection plays. We're going to bring out – we're going to sit down with Cam and say, okay, what are your best plays? Because right now your offensive line is porous. Right now your offensive line can't block worth for nothing. What can we do? Okay, all right, you don't trust passing the ball down the field? Okay. We're going to utilize the running back out in flats. Okay. With that being said, we're going to have a power rush. We're going to smash it around with, with, uh, with C.J. Anderson. Then with that with that being said, we're going to utilize the tight end. Oh, the tight end went down? Okay, how can we adjust to that? 
Okay, we can slide in three wide receivers instead of, you know, instead of two. We're going to rotate functions into the inside. We're going to take advantages of the situation because we know for sure in a cover two defense, the weaknesses of a cover two are your slants and then across the middles. Okay, right now we see that right now that number 50 is gasp. Okay, who's holding number 50? Oh, yeah. Who's holding number 50? Yes, our running back number 22. We're going to mash that up. We're going to eat chops. And then we saw number 50. I'm calling him Sean Lee, Sam Lee, because uh, right now he wasn't a general. We're going to utilize that. We're going to use use their strength against them. We're going to take what they do best and use it against them. What number 50 does, be- does better than anybody out there on the field is pursuit to the ball. Flies out to the ball, very aware of ball awareness. So what we do, we motion, we rotate. We going to make sure that number 50 beat us, but we winning out for this situation because now we can do the RPOs. That's how you win on RPOs. If you think about this, and, and the RPOs hurt, and I'm talking about, I'm going to go all the way back to college, and I'm going to sprinkle it in also as well as to the NFL. You guys remember, and those who out there watch a lot of Alabama tape, right? What hurt Nick Saban a lot of times. Even Manziel came down and hurt him a little bit. And although they may not have won, but this is what happened. That RPO, that run-pass option, uh, those creativity plays with your, with, when you have a coach who designed to play his mans up close and tight and play out there fighting out to the ball, that misdirection. <laughs> the reverse sweeps, those handoffs, even those uh, plays, those trickery plays that you really don't think that it can hurt you because your team is so gone, so so shoe in on flying out, exploding out to the ball that now you're chipping away seven to eight yards, and that's what I saw uh, today. And on top of that, the NFL version of that, you guys remember when the uh, Dolphins came out with the Wildcat? They killed Bill Belichick on the server plays because Bill Belichick, well, he wasn't ready for that because his guys were so used to flying and being explosive out to the ball. And then also I've seen uh, other plays too as well. Bill Belichick was scratching his head when it comes down to RPO. And then that's how the uh, Eagles actually win, win the Super Bowl against him too as well, using his strengths as their weakness. So somehow – uh, April Standard said, law, fire everybody. I, <laughs> I don't know if we can get away with that. But uh, we just rearranged the deck on the front of Titanic. It's going down, but we rearranged the furniture. You know, we, we moved this over there. We moved that over there. Because that's what it seems like so far, smoke and mirrors. Because nobody can tell me that we saw something new. We saw something different today. We saw the exact same team from 2017. Uh, so, so something going to have to happen next week. I can only count it on point. Maybe as I can just give excuses at this point, and I can eat this crow that's behind me. You know, that's the only thing that I can do. As I can just eat this crow. You know, that's all I can do. As a loyal fan that bleeds silver and blue, um, the only thing I can do is say, okay, <clears throat> we can eat this crow. Uh, which one y'all want to tell? I can get the head, or you know, I can get the chest part. Who want the feet? You know, because all we can do at this point. And, 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 it, and it sickens me because next week 
we can't see the same thing. And the only thing I can do as far as excuses, I can say, well, it was raining. It was the first game. They didn't play during preseason. The wide receiving core, they never jailed together. We didn't see Ezekiel Elliott at all. We don't know how Ezekiel Elliott can run up the middle in the scene with number 52 and Joe Looney. We can use all these excuses, but at the end of the day, we holding his L. <laughs> Carolina Panthers right now are feeling just like the Denver Broncos of last year, right? See, Carolina Panthers has already said, hey, we won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and that's what a lot of teams do when they win the first game. Oh, man, we, we won a Super Bowl. We're we, we going to win on out. You know, we're going to go 15-1 again. That's what Carolina Panther fans are right now saying. We want to go 15-1 again. Or some of them saying right now they can't believe it. We're 19-0. We're going to go 16-0 through the regular season. We're going to go 19-0. And Cam, oh, Cam, going to take us to the promised land. Because we beat the Cowboys and we shut them out for the first uh, half. But people fail to realize the major adjustment is when everything comes into sync. And my only thing is these games are valuable when everything is valuable. Uh, hold on. Shall I uh, bake the uh, crow or shall I fry it? You know, pluck the feathers, fry it. Let me know. <laughs> Comment down below. <laughs> that crow on his plate, man. Mm. It don't taste good, man. Somebody got to pluck the feathers, man. <clears throat> Yeah, so it is what it is. Um, next week, uh, I, I would like to see the identity of this team. This is me uh, just letting you guys what I really want to see. I want to see Dak Prescott attempt to throw the ball down the field. And although I'm mad at Jerry Jones and I'm mad at Coach Garrett on their philosophy of coaching this team, I still want us to be over 90,000 strong at the stadium. I want us to be so loud that the whole ground is just shaking. I want it to be shaking, and I want them – because the Carolina Panthers fan, they was able to be loud enough because I think that we had two delayed penalties. For the first time in the delayed penalty, um, they were so loud. And Dak Prescott, he couldn't hear the play. So I want us to be able to do that to Eli Manning next week. I want us to take the ball and snatch the ball away from Eli Manning. I know that Eli Manning, just like Kirk Cousin, can give gifts away. So I'm ready for Eli Manning to give us a gift. This is the thing. If we was worried about the front seven or the front uh, four that the Carolina Panthers presented to us, I must say, and I have to say this, the Giants front four, they nasty. And the problem is, too, their defensive backs are better than the Carolina Panthers. So, Cowboys Nation, we are not going to win this game in the air. Somehow, Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett, Scott Lanahan, they got to be up right now looking at Green, not Green Bay Packers tape, but they should be watching the game. They should be watching the Giants tape right now on how to stop their front four and how to utilize against their DBs. But in largelihood, they need to figure out how we can run the balls down the throat. And this is our home team. Our home game. This is our first game. We're going to have 90,000 plus people. It's going to be a night game. Everybody know they feel like they run faster at night. I know you guys feel that way too as well. And this is what we really need to do. Uh, Kevin Martin said Aaron Rodgers is real. Whoa, they must have came back. Uh, Michael Smith, what you what, what is your question? Uh, he said, please answer. Repeat the question so I can answer your question. And I will see if I can get that before I roll on out. RG3 is better than Dak. Laughing my A off. This is Godson. Mm, I don't know. 
uh, Jackie Smith. Uh, we said, barely really start Cooper Rush. Okay, please put him in out there. And when we screw up, <laughs> Cooper Rush showed during preseason that he wasn't ready. And and I can only imagine what Cooper Rush would do in all that rain and you know and you think Dak Prescott don't have dexterity and get out of the pocket as quick, my God, Cooper Rush would have been a sitting duck. All right, so um, how many games have Dak won? Less than a hundred yards rushing for the running backs. Um, I don't know. I don't know that stat. Uh, maybe you have that stat number out there. I don't know how many games Dak Prescott won when the quarterback, well, when the running back had less than a hundred yards. Basically, I don't know. Um, but one can argue the fact that when you have a running back on your team uh, uh, that that can get the ball, rush the ball up the field, your team can have a better chance of winning. A la the uh, 1997, 1998, I think, or 1998, 1999 Denver Broncos. John Elway was one hell of a thrower, one hell of a, a quarterback. But it wasn't until he got a good, stable running back to help him win Super Bowls. I can argue the same thing with Brett Favre. He had when he had him a running back, he was able to to uh, win a Super Bowl in the 1997 or something like that. And then we saw glimpses of that when he had Adrian Peterson when he played with the Minnesota Vikings. He was able to win. And then on top of that, if we look at Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, uh, when he had Marshall Falk, you know, so a running back is always a quarterback's best friend. And when the running back is able to uh, shoot the gaps, run upfield, and you can utilize because football is still football. People fail to realize everybody liked the air. Everybody loved the ball when it's traveling in the air. And just as of recently, yeah, you have your uh, your air attack, but it's always been the team that utilized their running back best that wins ultimately the Super Bowl and win ultimately. Uh, this is another fun fact that I'm going to throw out there to everyone. I want to ask you guys, and I don't know you guys, uh, maybe, maybe not even know this, that. But last year, the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to ask you guys this. Where was they ranked in running, you know, running the ball last year? I'm going to ask you guys. Everybody think that the Eagles aired it out. They were flying everywhere. I'm going to see if anybody can answer within uh, the first few seconds here because I already have that number in my head, you know. <clears throat> Eagles rushing attack last year. I want to know, do you guys know that I know? <laughs> I'm waiting. You see, a lot of people don't know that they was ranked third overall in rushing, you know. So it's not the fact that uh, you you win the game or you win the Super Bowl through the air. That's one thing. That's 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 a luxury item. But, you know, Eagle was balanced. They was third. Yes, is right. Corbin uh, Shadrock, you know, he put it down there third. I wish I had some uh, some giveaways I can give you right now. They was third. And rushing the ball and their running attack, they was a well balanced team. So it's the team that's balanced. What what what, what, felt, what people felt to realize? No, Turner's smart, brilliant guy. He knew when to substitute. And I do know that Noah Turner failed. This is the thing. Noah Turner failed as a head coach. He's not a good head coach at all. He's a one hell of a good coordinator. He always been that, but he knows how to say, "Okay, I've been down there. I've been down this road before." And I know what this team needs to do when you have your offensive line that's hurting down and out. I know what it needs to do. And I know what this team is trying to do. And I know that, that the, I understand what Jerry Jones want to happen. You know what I'm saying? So he was able to craft up a nice little well-planned uh, execution. 
It's all about execution, of course, but it's also about calling the right plays into as well and getting your player uh, comfortable and into a rhythm. And then you can take things over. And that's what he did out there last night. You know, although the score is not that big of a difference, 16 to 16 to eight. And I'm not even going to talk about Brett, the kicker, number two, missing that 47 yard kick. I'm not even going to talk about it. But damn, he missed that kick. <laughs> oh, man, I got to eat that crow. Boy, crow, crow is crow is nasty, man. Y'all get a leg or something, man. Y'all get a piece of this crow wing. Uh, yes, indeed, man. So uh, this is the thing. All I want to see next week is them to attempt to try to run the ball. I just want to see them try to establish that identity. I think that Ezekiel Elliott runs better on turf anyway. I think he's faster in that aspect. I still think that Ezekiel Elliott still have to get himself into shape. There was one play that I saw like, hey, if he cut to the edge, normally you see him beat that guy one-on-one. But I think that the wetness of the ground, I'm trying to give this guy every excuse I can find, but that's just how it goes, man. The wetness of the ground, he was able to get caught. And, um, one plays that he that he tried to run, and then uh, the big number seventy seven called the play back because he was hold, held and you know, holding, and there was a lot of stuff that was out there that didn't go right for the Cowboys. Um, with that being said, guys, uh, don't forget to like this page, share this content, tell a friend, smash the uh, notification button too as well, because you just never know when Law Nation go live, so it's always best to be a part of that. I thank Miss Jackie for coming out too as well to the Henry's Tavern. She was live in the mix with us at the game. Also, shout out to DDP, D Dallas Prospect. Every legend was once a prospect. Uh, Phantom, EBSN Online, as well as Big Game James and Silver and Blue Nation, all those who uh, help support the nation. Uh, Mark Holmes, don't forget to follow his page. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys show, my guy Shango, live, like 95 too as well. Everybody that's part of this community, man, I really appreciate you all. Uh, one way or another, we're going to get this thing going. I do know that it's not it's not good. Never good to lose it. I hate to lose. I, You know, I, I don't even let a kid beat me in checkers. I, I figure out a way to beat them in checkers and tic-tac-toe and SOS. I figure out a way to win. I, I don't care how old you are. I'm going to figure out a way to win. <laughs> but it, winning is the part of the game, and losing is too. So you, you, you better. You learn more from the fights you lost than the fights you won. Now you, they know for sure that they can't win this dink and dunk game. And Dak Prescott, he's going to go back and look at everything and say, okay, Yes, if I'd have hit Blake Jarwin on that pass and not his shoelaces on another guy, if I'd have hit this other guy on the pass and not the shoelaces, if hitting the shoelaces was name of the game, if you get 10 points for hitting the shoelaces, hell, we'd have had 20, 20 points because Dak Prescott was hitting the guy on the shoelaces. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I told you guys it is what it is. Uh, he will improve. I, I, I think that he will. You know, I'm not just trying to uh, put the man down or anything, but he should improve. But um, don't forget, guys. It's, it's one of those things. First game looks sloppy, of course. And uh, one way or another, we're going to have to figure this thing out, man. We are definitely going to have to figure this thing out. So, with that being said, I have a podcast. That's LAW Nation. Don't forget to join that podcast, too, as well. Patreon. The game should be, since it's a late game, mid-game, the game, I may not be able to have the game out until... It's going to have to be tomorrow, man. I just don't have the energy tonight. But tomorrow, the game will be on the Patreon link. If you're part of the Patreon, there should be an in the description box. You can join the Patreon. That's Patreon. 
forward slash law nation you should see my face or my logo that way you can rewatch the game and you can decide for yourself you know how good the defense played how horrible the offense played things like that uh did i say share this content yeah share it yeah let's rhyme let your am on out baby yeah run the ball i said that and they didn't do that right mike they gotta run this ball yeah it's all good we're gonna eat this crow Beer game all day, baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. Man, I hate to lose, man. Yeah, but it's all good, man. We in this thing. We in this thing. One way or another. Oh my God, Garrett. Garrett, grab the mic, Garrett. There you go. There you go. Grab the mic, Garrett. There you go. Yeah. Subscribe to this page, baby. My boy Gary behind me, man, clapping it up. He gonna grab some of the crow too. I can't eat this crow by myself. There you go, eat this crow, Garrett. <laughs> ah, dang, hate eating that crow. Salute, peace. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best.